Welcome to Essential Conversations. I'm your host, Rebecca Mears, with my co-host, Luke Alex. And this week, joining us in the studio, we have Mark Watson. He is the CEO of ABI Wellness. He is a board member of the Watson Society for Brain Health. He is a potential farmer. He is a family man and a very engaged community member. Welcome to the studio, Mark. Oh, great. Thanks for thanks for having me. Yeah, so glad to have you here. Do you want to give a, a deeper introduction? Oh, Luca? yeah. This is, this is one of our favorites because we've been mining our community again. So a few weeks ago, um, we had Carrie on the show, and uh, Carrie is... Um, works in an organization called Patient Pathways, and uh, that's a group that does advocacy for people within the medical system. And she had had experience with you, Mark, Mm -hmm. and was waxing poetic about what you (laughs) had done for her life and, like, profoundly Mm -hmm. helped her family members, her, her husband and her sister. And so we immediately said, oh, do you think Mark might be interested in coming on the show? And she said, well, I'll check it out. And here you are. So welcome to the show. Uh-oh. It's wonderful to have you here. So, of course, we have to ask you what the, all the letters stand for in, in um, the, your title. Of course. Um, and then, and then we'll, we'll mine back from there and yes. find out how it all came Sounds about. Sounds good. Sounds good. Well, um, ABI stands for Acquired Brain Injury, if that's what you're asking about, for yeah. ABI Wellness, yeah, which yeah. is uh, an organization that's designed a p- service platform to help people with brain injury. Um, so that's that's one. And so Carrie said that there's two different ways of acquiring brain injury, mm-hmm. right? One of them was, I mean, in, in very simple terms, external and one's internal. Correct. But can you explain to our listeners what the external and the internal of course. means and how they would know if they know somebody who's got something like that in of their course. life? Of course. Of course. So uh, acquired brain injury means any kind of injury. Uh, brain injury is a, is usually acquired, right? Mm-hmm. So um, that can happen as a result of a stroke. Um, or a traumatic insult or injury or event like you would see in a kind of concussion event that you hear a lot about now or in a motor vehicle accident. Yeah. Um, so both of those are, you know, acquired brain injuries. Mm-hmm. And uh, the one that tends to get a lot of attention are the traumatic uh, uh, acquired brain injuries. So they're called TBIs. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And those are the ones yeah. that are usually happening as a result of a concussion. So something either goes boom inside their heads or something whacks them from the outside. Correct. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. That's yeah. that's okay. uh, the. Yeah. I hope that answers your question yeah. about about yeah. Yeah. about the yeah. kinds of yeah. brain injury. Yeah. Yes, and um, and so let just to juxtapose against that, that you've got a foundation as well. Correct. So, um, Watson Center Society for Brain Health. It wasn't the most creative day for naming organizations. Um, it was one of those things. We, we created it uh, quickly um, because we needed an entity for which to do research. Mm. Okay, so uh, a colleague of mine and a big mentor in my life, Howard Eaton and I, um, were, were interested in, in addressing the problem of post-acute uh, brain injury. And in order to do so, we needed some kind of an entity to do that. And that's what led us to coming up with Watson Center for Brain Health. And we thought, 
when we get really creative and ready, we'll come up with a good name, and uh, and we haven't got around to it yet. So we're open to suggestions if anyone's got some really cool names. Unfortunately, this is the placeholder, like the corporation <laughs> number, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 So. So that is the the society, in all seriousness. It's a society here in Burnaby, um, located inside of Fortier Sport and Health, and it's really committed to helping those in our community that are struggling and living a lower quality of life um, following uh, a brain injury. Hopefully most people recover. We're fortunate to live in a place where our healthcare system does a great job. You know, uh, kudos to all the first responders out there, the doctors, the surgeons, the nurses who help uh, these folks uh, to recover. But then sadly, some don't recover and and need further ongoing support. And that's why we're here. Yeah. So I know this is a really simple question, but it's so um, basic to what you do. Um, and, and that is, how, how did you get to this place in the first place? Like, how did you know in your personal life, that there was a need for this? Yeah, great. That's an awesome question. Um, so I worked in special education. We were talking about that earlier uh, with kids with learning disabilities. And I had heard about this big, long word called neuroplasticity, meaning the brain's ability to change. And there was a, a brilliant woman named Barbara Aerosmith-Young, who's from Toronto, who created the Aerosmith program. And... I was fortunate enough to become uh, trained in this methodology. First of all, I thought it was a little voodoo-y. Mm-hmm. I, I thought, you know, the brain, surely the brain's like a computer. It's hardwired, and you learn how you learn, and, and, that's, and that's, that used that's to be it. how we looked at that, it, right? Oh, I was yeah. in that paradigm for yeah. sure, without question. Yeah. Uh, but Barbara had, had designed this program, and her first student was herself. So if I could give a shout-out, you know, check out the woman who changed her brain. Check out Barbara Aerosmith Young's TED Talk. Uh, be prepared for your mind to be blown. It's extremely cool, and she's really inspiring. So, um, yeah, her TED Talk's got over a million views. I was fortunate enough to be in Toronto to see it live. It was really, really cool. So so we'll tweet out a link to this. Yeah, Please do, yeah. yeah that's that's cool. We're, right now. we're tweeting during the program, <laughs> and if you'd like to follow along with us on Twitter, our handle is... Um, essential conv which uh, we spell um, essence t-i-a-l c-o-n-v because we can't put the whole thing on twitter (laughs) Um, so you can follow us along there and we'll be tweeting out links and um, interesting little quotes from from what mark's saying today and um, contact information and all that kind of thing and pictures which is what we always do when we do this so look for those um, connections I, I don't yeah. promise to be interesting but I'll, I'll try my best um, well, we obviously find this interesting <laughs> to begin with so we, we know this yeah. is going to be interesting yeah. well uh, in terms of t- just to go back to that I was yeah. working in special education yeah. um, I was a teacher at this school that was using this novel approach Barbara Aerosmith Young's program with um, a real leader in education Howard Eaton who a mentor of mine. So he was the one who brought it in? Who brought it into, yeah. to uh, on large scale, into Vancouver. Now, how did he get into it? He watched the YouTube? No, no. The it's TED a talk? Fantastic no. question. Uh, no, Howard uh, was a sessional instructor at UBC in special education mm-hmm. and specialized in diagnosing learning disabilities. Mm. And uh, he's extremely passionate about it and a real specialist. Mm. And over... Um, the course of a couple of years, he had some of his clients who he assessed and their families um, actually not take his excellent recommendations and say, you know, I'm going to go check out this program in Toronto that can actually help 
improve one's independent, you know, thinking abilities, basically. Mm-hmm. So his recommendations were coming from they were more com- they were more compensatory, you know, yeah. workarounds, yeah. Uh, which was the standard of care, right? Here's how we can make the best of what yeah. is in place that's never going to change. Strategies, but we'll work you know, uh, yeah. ideas to, you know, extra time, whatever it might be, mm-hmm. and with really good intent. Yeah. And then um, Barbara had created this program that was the counter to that, which was capacity building. Um, and these families had decided, three of them had decided to move to Toronto to get this model of care that was a little bit different. And Howard's a really smart guy, a really open-minded guy, and said, well, I hope you do well. I wish you all the best. And also another shout-out to him, sorry if I could. Uh, mm-hmm. Howard wrote a book as well called Brain School mm-hmm. that, that profiles um, you know, these, these stories uh, and kind of a case study type, uh, type format. It's pretty interesting to have a look at, too, because yeah. the outcomes are, are strong. So, and he ended up, um, you know, having these families go. How site get assessments work is you, in order to have the accommodations you need, you have to have an updated one every three years. The ministry kind of requires that. Mm. And these families came back and got updated site get assessments. And he saw jumps in, you know, independent thinking abilities that he hadn't really seen before. And, and that, that led his inquiry to say, okay, what, what's going on? And that led him to, you know, uh, forming this relationship with Barbara and then ultimately starting the Eden Aerosmith's uh, schools. Yeah. And you knew him. Yeah. And so when he got interested in this, you well, were he, exposed he, to it he, as well. Yeah. Howard approached me and, um, you know, he knew I had lofty, lofty goals. I wanted to be a PE teacher. So I uh, I wanted to do that. And, and Howard brought me on. I'm a little bit younger than Howard and mm-hmm. um, brought me in uh, in a cognitive teaching capacity. And uh, I was a little bit, you know, cautiously optimistic about this this model of care. And I once I saw what the kids could do and what the outcomes were, um, you know, I was sold because I saw the outcomes in these kids. And you were coming at it from the kids' point of view, um, and Carrie was talking about it from the adults' point of view. Right. right? So, so this really is across the spectrum. A hundred percent. All, all, all the, ages. The, the, it the brain matter. has the capacity to change throughout a lifetime, but also, I mean, neuroplasticity is neither positive nor negative. It just is. Right. right? The brain can change. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Fantastic. Could you tell me the most astonishing example of the capacity that neuroplasticity neuroplasticity brings to the table? Well, I'll I'll, I'll tell my I'll tell a story. Tell but a story. I, I, the the better place to go. I feel like I'm just a reference here. Mm-hmm. I'm close to libraries at a university, so it's mm-hmm. just how I roll. But um, check out Dr. Norman Doidge's work. Um, and if you could tweet that out. Uh, What's the last name? D-O-I-D-G-E, I believe. Okay. English guy, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, no, he's no. he's a New Yorker, I believe. He okay. He's at University of Toronto, and he's profiled the top neuroplasticians in the world. Mm-hmm. And he profiled Barbara in Chapter 2 of a book called mm-hmm. The Brain That Changes Itself. Okay? Mm-hmm. And I he's profiled. Yeah, yep. it's a great, yeah, it's yeah. a fantastic mm-hmm. book. But again, I'm a little biased. Um <laughs> And then he also did another book, a follow-up to that, called "The Brain's Way of Healing." Yeah, and he's been featured on the uh, on the Nature of Thing Nature mm-hmm. of Things with David Suzuki. So I would highly recommend for the best cases uh, that that uh, you know that's right there. Yeah. But Wonderful Barbara Aerosmith Young is probably the best case I can think of because mm-hmm. um, she rewired her own brain. You know, she was identified with a mental block, and she had a remarkable visual memory. So she visualized that she had an actual mental block in her head. Oh yeah, and she had a hard time, you know, uh, thinking in real time. And, and reasoning in real time, although extremely resilient and extremely intelligent, mm-hmm. she wanted to find a, a way to improve her own capacities. And then she, what she did was she 
designed the program. Her first student was herself. <laughs> and now, I mean, her program is available in over 150 schools around the world. Amazing. And she is absolutely brilliant and changing the world every day. And it's, it's such an amazing um, example of how our intelligence isn't affected when we have a brain injury. Our capacity to wire things through our brain may be, but, but we're still intelligent. Well, absolutely. I mean, right. if you look at if you look at you know Howard Gardner's work in multiple intelligences, which is like you know, or Daniel Goleman's work in, in emotional EQ. Yes. Um, you know, we know that intelligence is more than just one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I think the important perspective to look at is that how does a how does a child feel if the only way that you ever measure their success is on that one math quiz that we get every three weeks, and you've got mom and dad saying, "No, you're a really smart kid." But you know the reality is that every three weeks you're going to be evaluated. And what really matters is Mr. Woodward's, <laughs> um, you know, biweekly math quiz. And you Absolutely. judge your own value against that. And that's the problem yeah. sometimes yeah. is how yeah. we're measuring these kids. So when you got when, when you um, got your training in this, yes, did you start working, first of all, with children? Yes, I did. Um, I, I had a high school class, and they were awesome. <laughs> and my teaching partner, uh, Sarah Cohen, is a brilliant master teacher. And us together, we had 25 students, uh, all all students with learning disabilities yeah. and, AD, and or ADHD as well. And, and what happened? Well, um, we learned a lot. <laughs> <laughs> we we drank a lot of coffee. With you, right? um, and the kids were, were learning along with us, but together we were pioneering this model of, uh, of care, of education in the greater Vancouver area mm-hmm. under Howard's leadership with Barbara. And what we found was um, some pretty remarkable outcomes because, again, the standard of care was really um, steering around more of these weaknesses. And, and what this program was doing was challenging those underperforming areas in a very structured way that uh, Barbara had designed and scaled. Uh, and what we started to see over time was changes. You know, we saw kids who never did homework um, now starting to do homework and proudly handing it in. Mm-hmm. And this was cognitive homework. Right. And it was, you know, it was a lot of work. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering, are they even going to do their homework, right? Right. So, and which, it, which can sound like it's performative. But it's not it, because it's pulling from all of this this cognition, this cognitive work. And so instead of it being a behavioral or perform like I don't want to do this, mm-hmm. it's getting to the root, which is about how comfortable is the brain engaging in these activities with what ease does it engage with these activities? Because yeah. then yeah. that gets them to the place of it can come out. It can be f- the flow is there, the For sure. putting together of the pieces. For sure, yeah. What I'm hearing a lot of in what you're describing, I've, I've been doing a lot of listening. Luke, Luke has been asking lots of questions, and I've been sending out links, but I've been you know, thinking in my brain as, as I'm doing this. My brain's working. Um, I'm hearing a shift in terms of expectations. In the past, it sounds like the expectation was, let's take a look at what is for these people, and let's align the supports that will meet them where they are. Let's ensure that they've got... Um, a solid understanding of what, where mm-hmm. they are, and what is reasonable to expect. So there's not undue pressure. There's not uh, the sense of a gap. Mm-hmm. But what I'm hearing is that this is opening a different door, 
and asking the question of what if something more was possible? So instead of just and and that it can make it. I don't want to say it's easy because I'm hearing a lot of work in this. There's mm-hmm. there's training, there's time, there's effort, mm-hmm. and there is support in those things from the teams that work with people. Mm-hmm. Um, but the end result is transformation rather than just support for where someone is. Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah that, that's well said. Yeah. It's, so it's 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 not compens- compensation. It's capacity building. Great. That's going out as Which a key. Which is the key. <laughs> that's the key words, right? Yeah. Yes. And and you asked a bit. What, I mean, I know we wanted to talk a little bit more about brain injury. Mm-hmm. Um, so what led us into brain injury was actually some families who wanted to come to the school and had kids with traumatic brain injury. And the the care out there, we had people move from California. We had people move from Australia. Actually, at the school sites, we had over a hundred and I think one hundred and twenty families move from Australia just for the schools alone. Like they relocated, physically relocated for these schools. Um, and so that's, that sp- speaks to need, yeah. but it also speaks to results. It speaks they to results. Because wouldn't move and, like that if there weren't any results. Well, also it speaks to, yeah, the need for sure, but, uh, yeah. you know, the level of service needs to improve out there. And, you know, mm-hmm. and that's on the learning disability side. And Sarah Cohen and Howard Eaton continue to lead these schools very successfully here in, in the greater Vancouver area. Mm-hmm. Um, my focus has now been much more in the brain injury side. And it, it, there was these families who came from different places and, and needed help. And behaviorally, some of the um, symptoms that we were seeing uh, in this population were very similar to that that we saw in some of the more severe learning disability cases. And that led us to, to say, okay, we'll give it a try for some of these families, not knowing what the outcome would be. And we ended up finding you know, good, good outcomes in, yeah. in that population. So before we dive into more about that, for those of you just joining us, we're talking to Mark Watson today, who's the CEO of ABI Wellness and a board member of the Watson Society for Brain Health, which we're um, we're we're looking for uh, um, ideas for an even better name for that. I, I Watson the word Center, Center Society <laughs> for Brain Health. We're, That's we'll okay. get this all, and we are tweeting all of this out, so you can so you can find some more of it. Um, I have the sense that this is evolving so quickly. I mean, if we <laughs> we put a time frame on this, how long ago was it that um, this this was really nascent, and yeah. and um, ha, and how long has it taken to get to where so with, it is now? And with it's still evolving. With Watson Center, it was started in 2014, and it was started just with with research. It was a, a we had like this Jerry Maguire moment where we're sitting there <laughs> and not showing the money. No, more like I had a mission statement. Yeah. It was like something needs to change. Let's give this a try. Yeah. And it was yeah. Howard Eaton and myself and and Barbara, and it was like, what about this population that are that are chronic and have brain injuries? You know, yeah. why aren't we yeah. challenging this population and giving them an opportunity to improve? Yeah. Yeah. So when did Barbara start doing the work on herself? 1978 was when she started. Doing so a long work. time ago. A long time ago. So what what made the whole thing quicken again? Oh, she's a, she's never stopped. She's, she's she the hardest working person away, but, you'll ever find. But it feels like there's been a like a, a just a, a massive movement in it more recently. Yeah, I think it's a reflection of all the hard work that she's put in over the years, right? I, I and also the need. I mean, again, she's not only brilliant, but she's ex- she's extremely hardworking and extremely passionate. If you go into her office, you know, you'll find out that her vision is to reduce human suffering 
full stop yeah. and you know yeah. do this work that that that's so what that's motivates really broad. her mm-hmm. to what extent has it um ha- has the the research around uh, brain injury concussions in particular in sports fed into this because you know for a long time we all know that nobody was particularly paying attention to what happened to hockey players and football Mm -hmm. players and people who were Mm -hmm. had over the course of their careers huge numbers of concussions that were never really dealt with no Um, and that all started to come to light and to the extent that films have been made about it and documentaries and all of that Um, but how how is that um, influencing that was part of my initial interest Uh, I used to play football in university and and in high school and coached, and I suffered what they called at the time a third-degree concussion back in probably 98 or 99. And I never played university. I never played football again, didn't put a helmet on again yeah. uh, because it really kind of messed me up. Yeah. And um, But, I th- again, leading up to that, and that was just a re- reflection of the culture. They were kind of funny. Like, like it was seen as, oh, you got your ball wrong. Oh, that's okay. Just take some time <laughs> off and you'll yeah. be all right. And it was kind of you know normalized that way. Even that phrase, you got your bell wrong. Yep. Ha-ha. <laughs> well, back then, I mean, I have to show a little bit of compassion to back yeah. Back then, we didn't really know as much. We couldn't mm. peek into the brain like we can now. So yeah. I, I think that, you know, people are trying find, to find ways to make the games safer yeah. um, and to reduce the amount of, you know, And there's more injury. protective gear and there's more awareness of what the symptoms are. Because my understanding of the symptoms of, of concussion is that... It, it can last a long time in some people and a shorter time in other people, and, mm-hmm. it, and it manifests in different ways in different people. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the phrase that you'll hear out there from every brain injury association and researcher is if you've seen one brain injury, you've seen one brain injury. <laughs> yes, they're all different. I, they're all unique. Yeah. Every brain is different, mm-hmm. and you need to really take each, each one seriously. Yeah. You know, I... Uh, my my youngest son plays hockey, and you know because of some of my, some of my background, I've been asked to be the Hockey Canada safety person, which is a regulated volunteer duty on on the team. And I've had to pull kids out because I suspected a possible concussion. But even some of those some of those parents are looking at me going, you know, why'd you pull my kid out? You know, he's he's he, you know he's got to perform today, kind of thing. And you know we're all parents and we all care about our kids, but safety first, and that's the responsibility but it's that we also, have. It's an invisible injury. Injury, right. I it mean, is. if somebody breaks their arm, you can see it's hanging at a funny angle, mm-hmm. and and there's lots of pain. Correct. Um, but with a brain injury, it's much. It's like it's this mysterious mm-hmm. place inside the skull <laughs> that is hard to see inside unless we go and have a look with a whole bunch of expensive equipment. Yeah, right? it's, it's very true. It's it's hard. That's something that is exciting on the science side at a place like like this university. Um, many good scientists are, are looking to find ways to um, better understand the brain's level of function in order to baseline that person so they can better understand if there was some kind of trauma or, or right. brain injury. Because that's part of the problem is, is a good assessment. That's part of the issue that not only physicians are struggling with, but also insurance companies. Right, right, exactly. And who's on the front line for seeing them, because this is getting more and more specialized, right? It, it, it requires more training to be able to find it, identify it, decide what the options are in terms of what to do, how long to watch the person for, how long to assess mm-hmm. for. I imagine it gets even more complicated oh, yeah. than that, right? Yeah. And it's we a know really that, busy space right you know, now. There's GPs are, and, and emergency room doctors are overworked as it is, and people yeah. in clinics, like, just as much so. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, I mean, it's it. 
I think a lot of it is changing, which is which is good. Awareness is increasing, which is also really good. Um, you know, if it's suspected, make sure you get it documented and 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 do not expose yourself to risk. You know, mm-hmm. it's really really important that you do that, and then get get into the GP, get get a record of yeah. of this event and these symptoms and subsequent uh, concussions or brain injuries make it make it worse faster. Yes, right? it slows down the whole recovery process. Right. Yeah, I mean, so you talk it needs about to be acknowledged. Rowan's Law is yeah. another thing in Ontario that was really prominent. Um, uh, you know, su- child suffered multiple concussions and, and ended up dying. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, as a result, it's really helped to change some of the legislation, which is really, really good. Um, because you're talking about the sub-concussive hits. Well, that is mm-hmm. kind of scary. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we've, we've got to find ways to to reduce that and make sure people are really aware of the risk that you're getting into by taking on um, activities that could expose you to that. Yeah, and it's not just organized sports. It's riding a bicycle. It's riding a motorcycle. It's being in car accidents. It's falling off the monkey bars at school. It's Mm -hmm. In my case, violent sneezes (laughs) honestly have gotten to the point where I can feel it rattling around. Yeah. Yeah, I've just uh, pulled up Rowan's Law because I hadn't heard of that before. Mm-hmm. And I thought, no, this I is interesting. Either. Yeah, so I'm going to tweet that yeah. out for people as Great. well. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like it's time for us to pop to one of the songs. We're going to grab this moment since I've got the mic. Um, how about we start with Journeys Don't Stop Believing? Because <laughs> there's an energy to yeah. what we're talking about here yeah, right absolutely. now. About yeah, like, yeah, what yeah. else is possible? Yeah, great song. Yeah. 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 Why did you pick this song? Would you like to tell us now or after? Um, I'll, I'll do it now um, okay. because I'm I'm been known to be a little bit uh, of a believer and a visionary type person and uh, i believe that if you really believe in something don't stop <laughs> all right. no matter what all right so this is the theme song really yeah all right sure. yeah all right yeah. this is mark watson's theme song we're going to take a listen to journeys don't stop believing and we will rejoin him here in the studio in just a few minutes Midnight train going there 
We are broadcasting live from Burnaby Mountain, and I would like to take a minute to acknowledge that we are broadcasting from the unceded ancestral territory of the Coast Salish peoples, the Squamish, the Musqueam, the Coquitlam, and the Tsleil-Waututh. Just to focus for a minute on the word unceded, and what that means is that there were no territories that were signed with these people. Sorry, not uh, territories. What's the word? Treaties. Treaties, thank you. I'm like, it starts with a T. Mm -hmm. There were no treaties signed with these peoples, and therefore we're basically squatting. (laughs) And we've been here for a very long time. They are, they are the people of the land. They know this land better than any of us who have become here since. And um, as a settler, I'm constantly reminding myself of that fact and that their voices yeah. mm-hmm. are the ones that I really want to listen to and have in the forefront of especially what happens to this land. Yes. Mm-hmm. You are listening to Essential Conversations. You are, we are here with uh, Mark Watson, the CEO of ABI Wellness and also a board member of the Watson Center Society for Brain Health. We just listened to his first song choice for the day, which was his theme song, Journeys Don't Stop Believing. And, of course, everybody sing along. Because how do you not sing along to Journey? Yeah. It's hard not to. <laughs> yeah. 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 We're rocking out in here. Yeah. And um, we uh, checked in with Mark while we were off air just to see any, anywhere you'd like to go. And you mentioned you'd like to talk about standard of care. Do you want to elaborate on what, what does that phrase mean? Yeah, I guess the, what I mean by that is just what the norm is in treating a population. So when we look at the standard of care in, well, in, we're fortunate where we live. Uh, sometimes in cancer care, we can get pretty good um, you know, care uh, through places like the BC Cancer Agency and through the efforts of places like the BC Cancer Foundation and the collaboration there with the other hospital systems. And you know, um, when we look at brain injury, it's quite a bit different. When we get to chronic stages, uh, the acute care, I mean, you'd be hard-pressed to find a better rehab hospital than GF Strong through Coastal mm-hmm. Health. I think they're, again, they're lifesavers. Um, but once we get to community-based care, it's a lot more problematic. And um, it's kind of um, case by case. And uh, part of what, what we want to try to do with other community partners is find ways to better help those in need that are in our community right now struggling. And I think when there's so little known about this, that even the people who are afflicted by it don't know what to ask for, because they 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 know they don't know any more about what's wrong with them except that they have a comparative thing of I used to be able to do this and now I can't, but but what can they ask for? They don't even know what's possible to ask for. Absolutely, I think that's um, a really insightful comment, and and goes back to what we were talking about earlier. Is that in learning disabilities, uh, your norm is your norm. You mm-hmm. you you haven't really, you don't really have the sense of loss mm-hmm. that you see in brain injury. And my colleague mm-hmm. Josh Poirier constantly talks about mm-hmm. that. Who works with this this client base frequently at mm-hmm. Watson Center? Um, there's a real sense of uh, loss there. Yeah. And but th- we can turn that into pretty strong intrinsic motivation to get better and try to get a little bit back you know and and the fire and resilience that you see in 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 those people is is inspiring to say Mm -hmm. the least because you you actually get to witness bear witness to them uh uh, getting better which Mm -hmm. is so so cool and that sounds like a little bit of a different i'm just thinking of what you especially because you were just talking about standard of care 
when there is not a standard of care which is geared towards creating an environment where you've got all of the supports and and that can do positive attitude of there is the possibility of conquering this and we're also we're working together to do this i'm think contrasting that with what i know i see just in the general public so i don't know the medical mm-hmm. scene so much but with with cognitive things these invisible disabilities there is instead a sort of an expectation of can't you just get over it like mm-hmm. just just deal mm-hmm. which is not the same thing as the positive um, proactiveness of what I'm hearing your phrasing, which is, let's just push a little farther. Let's see mm-hmm. what else is possible. Let's mm-hmm. grow some more. There's different, because there's judgment in the one that's sort of an, an implication that you should just be able to just get beyond this. And the second one is, we know, we see how much you're trying. We see how you're showing up. We're going to help you push a little bit farther. Yeah, I think the, I think the key is is I have compassion for both sides there mm-hmm. because part part of the key that a medical professional needs is some level of evidence that there's a problem. And if you don't have any baseline understanding as to where you're at, how do you know where to go? That's part of the issue in treating the population that many places are working really hard to find better ways to assess if there mm-hmm. is a problem. But for me on the, so that's kind of the neuroscience side, but on the more humanistic side, if you're struggling, you know it. And if your quality mm-hmm. of life isn't where you want it to be, that's that's not good enough. Mm-hmm. So you've got to try to take the bull by the horns for yourself but right. and, and get there. But unfortunately, you need a place to go. You need mm-hmm. resources to help you get there. Mm-hmm. And um, and if you can't find them or you haven't had any luck finding them, you've been looking perhaps in the wrong places um, or you've hit a particular medical professional who knows less about it instead of one who happens to know more about it, then I think y- then then the mental health issues start clicking in, like right. depression, right, and um, anxiety, and anxiety, and doing things, you know, the um, OCD kind mm-hmm. of. If I just keep doing it over and over, and mm-hmm. maybe I won't lose what I already have, and who's to say I couldn't lose more tomorrow? And like that, this is a very real thing, not just for the person who has it, but for the entire family. So I think about <sighs> it kind of creeping Absolutely. out like a disease. It it goes out through the whole family, extended family. Even. Yeah, if, there's, yeah. If, 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 if you've lost hope, that's hard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Um, once we're, you know, post-acute and, and um, have, have exhausted some of the efforts, um, it, it, people can get hopeless. Yeah. And yeah. and that can be hard when it does extend into the family and then into the mental health. Yeah. That can and then be really and then the caregivers get exhausted. Mm-hmm. So oh then you've goodness. got the exhaustion added yes. in as well. Yes. Um, it's like secondary trauma, right? Oh, you yeah. get secondary exhaustion. Yeah. From um. Well, from and that's something this. that Carrie, who we mentioned earlier, is really really focused on. Yeah, and she talked at, about at that. Watson Center. That we're we're trying to find programs to help the caregivers because yes. they're also often the forgot forgotten ones in this as yeah, well. Yeah, and often very close, so that they can see because um, they're once removed, they can see what the development has been. Like mm-hmm. what, what, what they knew the people before, mm-hmm. so they know they know what was possible before and what's possible and what's happening now. Yeah, um, and so they're a good um, reference point. Absolutely for what's been going on with that person. Yeah, absolutely. Because yeah. once your brain's been injured, yeah. then you are incapacitated. To, oh, some you, extent, you, to right? some extent, right? So yeah, it varies. I yeah, mean, I mean, you may you may know you can't do as much now, and you may not be happy with it, but but you got to be able to articulate it and and, and identify it over time, and that and that's all really even more difficult. 
Absolutely. I yeah, mean, yeah. one of uh, one of the clients that we have, like the way we look at it at Watson Center is probably the greatest teachers that we have are our clients. Yeah. So, you know, one of our clients, her name is Mary Eve, um, a word that she uses to describe her experience through this is reclaim, and meaning she wanted to reclaim some of what had been lost, not necessarily getting back to 100% of what she was pre, because her, her, the nature of her injury was pretty significant, uh, but she's reclaimed a lot of what she had lost, which is fantastic. Which is better than where she was before, Much right? Much better, and she's, yeah. you know, she's kind of redefined herself. She's a different person now. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, you know, I think that's an important uh, important word to think about here is reclaiming. And again, those are not my words, those are hers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she just yeah. taught me that. But it, what, what's so exciting about this is that it's it's almost developing as we speak, mm-hmm. right? That, I mean, this is, um, it's, a, it's like we've been let into a new field where everything's exciting and lots of people are working on it. And I, I would imagine that conferences about this are incredibly exciting. Because everybody gets to get together and compare notes. Yes, absolutely. For the ones who are the innovators uh, doing the work, uh, absolutely. And there are, I mean, here just at, at SFU, there's some good people doing work. At UBC, there's a remarkable team over there doing some great, some really, really great yeah. work. Um, you know, I'm biased. I live here. But there really is in BC <laughs> some really, really good work going on in brain injury uh, rehabilitation. Mm-hmm. So so we were, we were talking about the... Um, the, the brain health piece of this and the research. Mm-hmm. So in in your greatest hopes and dreams, what what are you hoping you'll be able to find when you when you get the funding for the research? Oh, I mean, I, I want to have ultimately a, a very clear um, reason for hope once mm. the the initial methods, unfortunately, maybe didn't yield the result we wanted. I I, I want to have a clear pan, uh, plan and pathway for recovery, much like um, we when we look at, let's say it's a, a, a form of lymphoma and there's a very clear um, personalized medicine pathway that can that can yield a 78% result. Uh, I like that it, personalized medicine pathway. Yes. Like something that, that, that could be personalized to the nature of the injury. So let's say it's a severe uh, a TBI in the, in the prefrontal right, and, and we could have a clear understanding of the diagnosis and then a, a treatment plan that we could load in that we have that's optimized that could then treat that person for the course of six months in a way that's behavioral, uh, that's supervised in the right way, and could yield and you some, some kind it. of an outcome yeah. that, that, we could pre- that, that we could move towards predicting. Yeah, 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 and, so, and smarter minds than mine on it, yes. <laughs> um, for sure. Right, the, the so, right people doing it. So when you've got the money, mm-hmm. let's assume that somebody's putting this money in your hands. Um, what's the first thing you're going to do with it? Well, we've been fortunate to have something like that. Um, I love you it. know, we we you know, B- Barbara and Howard and many people invested in the research. And the mm-hmm. first big question was, would this population even show up to do the work? Because people with brain injury, you know, they have a hard time with attention and memory and planning. So if you're going to have them come into the center four days a week and do this work, that that's going to be hard. And that's true. <laughs> um, yes. But the the desire for a person to get better and heal um, yeah. is, is, bigger than there. That. is bigger than that. Mm-hmm. Well, or they will find their way. Or there. they'll find a way to and, do it. Yeah. Um, so my hope is to continue doing the research. I mean, the, the first one was would people even show up that mm-hmm. had chronic acquired brain injury? And the answer to that, 
was at over 95%. Yes, nice. they'll show up. Amazing. They'll attend. They'll get the work done. Um, in the second study, which was funded by philanthropy, um, we looked at this interdisciplinary model, blending aerobic exercise, mindfulness meditation, um, the cognitive rehab. So you call these the four pillars, These are the right? four pillars. And then interdisciplinary health tracking, using a valid and normed um, assessment of quality of life to look at generalization right. and transfer of this work. Um, and, and what we did was we had the opportunity to measure that for people with uh, more of the complex, mild traumatic brain injury, which is, for lack of a better word, the sexy topic out there. Everybody wants to talk about those concussions that aren't healing. Mm -hmm. This was that population mm -hmm. that's really problematic. And we saw, this is the fun part as we talk about mental health. Um, we saw continued cognitive improvement, which we kind of expected. And this was not we. I mean, UBC did the research. Yes. We just had the program. Yes. Um, but where it was really interesting was we, we saw also significant reductions in both um, depression and anxiety. Mm. Yeah. Which, are, which often go part and parcel with, um, with uh, chronic acquired brain injury. So that was really exciting. But a lot more research needs to happen. Uh, March of Dimes Canada is going to be launching a stroke study coming up uh, soon. Also, we're excited to um, uh, be, I can't quite talk about this one yet, but it's a big <laughs> study that's really exciting uh, around a, a really um, underrepresented population nice. uh, that, that really needs support. And we're excited to be a part of that once we're able to announce it. All right. Well, you can come back and tell us about that. Uh, we will. Yeah, yeah, You'll yeah, love yeah. it. You'll love it. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah yeah. 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 Well, in listening to you uh, describe the impacts that they reached far into the depression and anxiety, that speaks to me a lot about just the gift of hope. Mm -hmm. Instead of this is what you got, so we're just gonna gonna cope. We'll help you cope. Versus, hey, look, you're actually being equipped with the possibility of improvement. That's yeah, night and day. I have a big issue with false hope. I have an issue with that. So sure. um, I, I think by and this is real. You know, it takes a team to get really great things done. Mm -hmm. So we've been fortunate to work with a lot of really smart people <laughs> um, who, who were able to apply academic rigor and study. Because uh, I think without that, um, and that was my colleague Howard Eaton, he said, you know, before we do this, we got to make sure we, we look at the research first. Mm -hmm. and, and Howard and Barbara helped to really uh, arrange and set up the, the research in the right way with a great team right. at UBC and a, and a great question. But you had to be able to dream it first, right? Yeah. In order to me to to design the 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 science behind hey, it to measure hey, it, right? I, I think that's so they go they so mess so much of that is Barbara, right? man. I mean, yeah. and Howard and and this team. Uh, you know, I I was just I remember asking Barbara at a conference. I remember saying, "Hey, in Toronto, why don't we study this? Why don't you?" St I think I probably said, "Why don't you study this uh, <laughs> uh, for people with brain injury? You know, why don't you?" You know, may, maybe this could have a really good impact because I was thinking of the kids that we served, yeah, yeah. right, mm -hmm. and 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 the changes and the transformations that had for them and their families. Mm -hmm. And Barbara just saw this time and time again, and and she kind of turned it back on on Howard and myself and kind of said, "No, I, I think you guys could be the ones to do this." And mm -hmm. and uh, it's hard to believe that's a, quite a few years ago. So wow. So we've got another song here for you. Yes. And I think it's going to be absolutely appropriate. So it's got, uh, well, sorry, it is Bobby McFerrin's Don't Worry, Be Happy. Would you like to tell us why this is your second song? <laughs> um, I, I think there's a lot of reasons to be upset, given our current landscape in this world. Uh, but I think there's a law of attraction, too, at work in, in this life. And um, if you choose to be happy, I think that will spread more happiness and ultimately it'll snowball. All right.
And on that, let's listen to Bobby McFerrin speaking that into the world. We will rejoin Mark here in, in the studio in just a few more minutes. song I wrote, you might want to sing it note for note, don't worry, be happy, in every life we have some trouble, but when you worry you make it double, don't worry, be happy, don't worry, be happy now. down so don't worry be happy don't worry be happy now don't worry be happy don't worry be happy Don't worry, don't worry, don't do it. Be happy. Put a smile on your face. Don't bring everybody down like this. Don't worry. It will soon pass, whatever it is. Don't worry, be happy. I'm not worried. I'm happy.
You are listening to Essential Conversations with Rebecca and Luca, and our guest today is Mark Watson, CEO of ABI Wellness and the board member of the Watson Center Society for Brain Health, which is a research arm based on all kinds of fantastic stuff that's been coming out and basically pulling together all the evidence so we mm-hmm. can really push farther mm-hmm. for doing more mm-hmm. for people with uh, acquired brain injuries. Um, we just took a listen to Mark's second song, which was Bobby McFerrin's Don't Worry, Be Happy. We're all smiling in here. <laughs> that's the <laughs> back to Bobby McFerrin. Yeah. Um, while we were listening to that, you said you remembered a story about Robin Williams. Yes. Please do tell us. Okay. That. So, because, um, yeah, he was in the video of that. And um, I remember it's right around this time of the year. I think it, was, it would have been last weekend, about 15, mm-hmm. 16 years ago. And I was downtown. And I don't know if, if you're from Vancouver, but you remember the old Robson Street that had the Kitty Corner Starbucks? There was one yes. on each corner. Yeah, oh, really. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, as if we didn't, yeah, as if we didn't, <laughs> yeah. as if we didn't have enough. And <laughs> and I remember standing there, and and at that time, I I loved frappuccino, so I ordered this <laughs> frappuccino, and it comes up on the bar, Mark frappuccino. I'm like, this is great. I've got my wife's frappuccino there too, perfect. And I look over, and I'm like, oh, that's Robin Williams, and he's got a full beard, big beard, bushy, and he's got his cap down, and I'm like, but you can't. You looked him in the eye. I'm like, that's the Goodwill hunting guy. <laughs> that's Mork. And and so I kind of go, but he probably hates being bugged. That's probably why he's got the big beard. I'm like, makes sense. I'm like, okay. Well, you know what? You only get one shot in life. Why don't I just say something? Because I I loved I love this energy and all that. Although he's a troubled soul, I, I I I looked in his eyes and I'm like, I turned to him. I'm looking him dead in the eye and I said, I'm a big fan. Without missing a beat, he turns to me and goes. Good God, you are big, <laughs> and and it was <laughs> it was priceless, and 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 him and I just start talking, and uh, and have a gr- this great this great conversation, and he starts getting loud because he's such a performer, uh, so he starts you know really you know being eccentric. And then gets noticed, and it was really kind of sad because I saw him kind of go back down and uh, and slowly kind of make his way out of Robson. But uh, it was a really cool moment to get a nice. chance to meet him. <laughs> That's really cool. Yeah, Thanks some people you can just feel. Hmm? You can. There are some people you can yeah, just feel them. That, right? That they just him. have this amazing mm-hmm. energy, feel. remarkable energy, and yeah. just a brilliant yeah. gift to connect with people. Beautiful human, mm-hmm. troubled soul, nonetheless. Yeah. I mean, you know, we've we've all got wounds, of right? And it's just yeah, well, of course, absolute beautiful human. We've only got a few minutes left here. I want to make sure you give us a chance to tell us maybe what's next. What's the what's your um, growing edge for all of this yeah stuff. yeah well i, I want to keep growing as a person and, and learning and um you know keep uh, collaborating with really cool people who have a similar vision i think that's how great things happen in this world so you know if people are interested in being a part of this work um and learning more about it or have ways to maybe improve it and expand the impact you know reach out um, you know, or have money to, to give or to have you money to, to help give. with the research? Um, well, not just the research, but programming um, to help people in the mm-hmm. community in need. We have collaborations with charities that can really help uh, you know, improve the, the level of impact that we can have because we are a relatively small group. Um, so far. So far. <laughs> and, and we're slowly uh, but surely getting better and bigger, and we'd love the help. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So the information about how you can contact Mark and his um, both of his groups, yeah, um, it, we tweeted out already. 
Um, so that information Great. is available. Um, and we will also have um, the, the recording of the show is going to go up onto our website, Terrific. which is EssentialConversations.com. Um, it'll be up within the next month. Mm-hmm. So WatsonBrainHealth.com is one of the locations that people can, yeah. can reach out to you or to your team. Of course. If they're curious and they want to learn more. Yeah. Um, who would you love to hear from? I mean, a- anybody that works in healthcare uh, who who currently serves this population and is struggling with it because uh, they're a hard population to, to, to serve sometimes. We want to help make that better for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also want to help even the aging population. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the pre-dementia or mild, co- they're called MCI sometimes, mild cognitive impairment. So, mm-hmm. you know, nursing homes, that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. retirement homes. We want to help them too. Um, you know, and families, of course, and people who are struggling. Mm-hmm. You know, reach out to Josh from our team. Mm-hmm. He, he's kind of the one... Uh, you know, leading the clinical charge there with Katrina, who's a remarkable talent. They're there to serve and to help. So, you know, we'd love to hear from you. You also mentioned um, something about fentanyl, um, people who sur- survived yeah. fentanyl use. Yeah, like overdose. Uh, yeah. So the opioid, you know, uh, concern is obviously huge and mm. um, and it's a serious crisis. And we actually did end up serving, if you go to our, our website there. I think there's a video up on uh, profiling Amanda's right. journey, and it's quite a remarkable one. Um, you know, uh, we can have a difference in that community as well. It's amazing. You know, I'd like to take a couple minutes here too, because for your show and tell pictures, you sent us one of your sons, yes. and then one of is it you skating on a canal? Yes. Yeah. 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 Tell us about those. Why are your those your show and tell? Okay. So. Um, well, first of all, I'll get in trouble if I don't say this, but uh, no, I'm joking. Um, you know, my family is the mo- is what motivates, a big part of what motivates me. Uh, you know, I have an amazing wife who allows me to do all of the tireless work that I do here um, in for this cause. And uh, my, you know, as a result of our relationship, my wife and I, and, you know, she's smarter and amazing and I love her. And we have two amazing kids who, you know, after this, I'm going to drive home and hang out with. So nice. they, I just love being with them and learning from them and spending time with them. Mm-hmm. And those two pictures kind of relate to me because sometimes when I'm trying to do everything that we're trying to do here and being an adult, I forget to be that kid skating on the Rideau Canal right. uh, with a lightning bolt toque on, <laughs> just taking on the world and truly being in the moment. Right. And present, and Very so that's true. why those are little reminders for me, okay. of of maybe sometimes being more like my kids, being less on my phone, and being more engaged in right. in the moment. So family is rocket fuel. Hundred percent. Ah, well said. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I like ending on that note. That's perfect. That's the center. That's that's the center for this Watson. <laughs> yes. I like yes. It. Look yes. at you. Look at you two linguists. All right. Fantastic. Awesome, Mark. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, here today. thanks for having me. It's, it's a pleasure. A Fantastic. Pleasure. Yeah. And a real privilege to hear about this amazing work that you're doing. It's very inspiring. No, oh, thank very you. Very exciting as well. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you. <laughs> Luca, do you have anything coming up you want to tell people? Oh, we've got one more show, and then I'm off up to Whitehorse. Um, so you gallivant, yes, you? I'm gallivanting again. So if there's anybody, if you know anybody up in in Whitehorse who might like a reading, um, then please um, get in touch with me. And what have you got happening? 
I am still house hunting for my Blossom co-housing project. That's probably going to be an ongoing thing all the time, uh, yes. creating more options for affordable housing for single parent families. Mm-hmm. And also am accepting new coaching clients at the moment. So get as, on in there. As am Limited I. We're spots. both at that time of the year where we're taking on new folks. So yes, it's yes. great. All right. Well, until next week. I wonder what's around the corner. Essential Conversations is brought to you courtesy of Luca Halleck's Power Sorcerer. And Rebecca Mears, Certified Coach. Increase your awareness, expand your options, empower yourself. Luca can be reached at www.lucahalleck's.com. I light the fires that light a thousand more. Connect with Rebecca at catchingfire.ca. Yep, yep, yep. Oh, ah, 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 ah. Happy, 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 boing, 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 bo